Okay, guys, so my 60-second summary, I wrote down exactly what I want to say, but I have not practiced yeah. it. But in my head, cool. when I when I read it, I guess the 60-second timer, I made it in my head. Nice. So you're counting and reading it at the same time, and you got there? Well, no, no. Yes. I set a 60-second timer on my phone, and then I like read it in my head, and then I looked at the phone after I was done, and I was like, ah, good. As long as you don't fumble over a single good. word, you're in good shape. Well, how much yeah, time did you have to spare? Was it exactly 60 seconds or like was it like 45? 27 seconds, somewhere around there. <laughs> so, I think I'm going to be You good. should be fine. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Levick. Joining me for this episode is Andy, usually no notes, but he may actually have to take notes this time because he has an important job this time. Stoltz. What's up, podcast people? Uh, next up, he's got the best food tube in the kitchen, Josh Zorch. You know it, that's where the party is. Uh, also, uh, up until today, I was very scared he was going to ditch the kitchen in favor of Commando Mike Bradley. Uh, we're not reviewing Commando? <laughs> Get out. I was told we were doing Commando. <laughs> I thought you so... were going Commando, and I'm like, just keep your, keep your, this <laughs> is keep your camera in, up, dude. Arnold Schwarzenegger, up. Alyssa Milano story that we're going to discuss. Keep it up. Keep, keep your camera up, dude. Yeah, spe- be very specific about what you want him to keep up. <laughs> oh, true. True. Camera down. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the boner jokes were last week, Mike. Leave, leave it last week. <laughs> uh, and finally, someone who I had to constantly remind that we are not watching and reviewing the Food Network show The Kitchen for this episode, Ian Leidick. <laughs> Hello, people, people of Earth. I need you to go right now to your podcast catcher of choice, which is probably the one you're using to listen to this right now. I need you to search for 1900 Rebar. That is my construction podcast where we're always talking about how will you get away in this crazy world of construction. This week, I'm joined by Eddie Kingston, who was building a new place down in Florida. We talk about how hard it is to build construction sites in a pandemic. How do you explore that increasingly dangerous world that's getting a little less dangerous now? And luckily, Florida doesn't have many restrictions, but that's what we're going to find out on 1900 Rebar. <laughs> I, don't, I, like, I don't know where you get these from. <laughs> I got a theme song. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to hear it, but I don't want to get that sidetracked already. I, I feel like he's like playing Grand Theft Auto like behind our backs, and he's like hearing this on stuff like this on the radio in Grand Theft Auto, like <laughs> all the all the commercials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Actually, I'm a writer for Rockstar. <laughs> If there really is a theme song, I want it delivered to Brian, and that will be the secret outro music of this episode. <laughs> Understood. The, the number one video that comes up is uh, Owen's Corning Composites Pink Bar. So make of that what you will. I was waiting for Ian to spin that somewhere. I didn't know where he's going to go with it. I was throwing it out there to see if he had anything. Like, oh, yeah. That, but the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. That, uh, you 
You said one nine hundred rebar. I tried to find one nine hundred rebar, and did you use the podcast catcher of your choice? I don't think so. That sounds like a video. <laughs> it was a video. I my podcast catcher of choice is YouTube. There's podcasts uh, all over YouTube. YouTube. We're not on YouTube. We're on Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth hired you, so Warner Brothers hired you. No, 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 no. Our podcast appears onto the Rooster Teeth Podcast Network. I think we're getting too into the weeds on this. <laughs> A little too inside baseball for the audience. Mm-hmm. All right, so back okay. on track. On tap for this one, we got another Rewind Theater. Uh, if you're new to the series of episodes, it's basically an excuse for us to go back, revisit some old comic book movies uh, that we either haven't seen or haven't seen for a while. Our format for these has been to start with some of the comic book history for the movie, uh, since they are all based on comic books, graphic novels. Josh will take point on that one. Uh, after that, we'll talk about some of the people involved with transitioning that property into movie. We'll go over budgets, box office gross, ratings, uh, first time watch, rewatch for all of us. Uh, before we get into the discussion, we will throw out the spoiler alert. We'll get to a 60 second summary, which one of us has volunteered to do ahead of time. Our main discussion will consist of five categories. We have directing, characters and actors, story, soundtrack, and special effects and explosions. Uh, we're giving ourselves a 10 minute timer for each of the cate- categories to keep us on track. Uh, once we go through all of that, we'll end the discussion with our rating and see what everyone thinks this movie uh, holds up or not. And finally, we we wrap up taking the pressure off some of us, and we leave it up to The Wheel of Fate. To the Wheel of Fate! What movie we are watching next. So if you listen to the past episodes, you'll know that we usually have two franchises and four standalone movies on the wheel at a time. Uh, this week for this episode, we're going to switch it up a bit. We are doing three franchises and three standalone movies at a time just to try to see how this plays out. Um, if we need to switch it up again somewhere down the line, we'll we'll do that at a later date. So we'll see how this rides for a little bit. I'm pretty sure it plays out with us watching a movie, but fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I'm putting we... all my chips on that. <laughs> <laughs> when we were we were looking at the the list that we've curated of like the big list of movies that we curated, there's we're very heavy on franchises, and we realized we weren't getting through them quick enough. So we're gonna try to add a little bit more to the list and see if we need to do some more tinkering uh, to try to get through some of those a little bit more quickly. Uh, so at the end of our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 episode, the wheel landed on 2019's The Kitchen, and that is how we got here. Uh, so you may be asking yourself, wait, why is The Kitchen even an option? Well, to most of our surprises, the movie is based on a comic book property. So Josh will be the one to tell us all about this comic book property before we dive right in. So Josh, it is time for you to teach us some stuff. Well, class, this is going to be a rather short lesson today, um, <laughs> mainly because... Thank God. I was very unable to find a lot of background on uh, the conception and and creation of this. I I wish I was able to dig up more. Um, It might have aided in me being able to, um, like, conceptualize and, uh, I'm sorry, contextualize the the story and maybe, like, the motivations of the the writers or something. But uh, what I can tell you is that The Kitchen comes from a limited eight-issue series uh, for in 2015, it was published by Vertigo, which is a imprint of um, DC Comics. Uh, its author is Ollie Masters, who has a couple of Wonder Woman uh, issues under his belt, and is illustrated by Ming Doyle, who worked on DC titles such as Superman, DC Bombshells, Batgirl, and Constantine. Uh, Ming Doyle is also uh, a bit more um uh diverse um does a lot of different things uh, not only on the illustration side but also writing um and had uh many issues of 
uh, one of the Constantine runs um, under his belt as, as a writer. Um, unfortunately, that is all I have for you uh, this this time around. Um, take it away. Can I ask a question? You can try. You said it was Ollie? <laughs> Ollie. O-L-L-I-E. O-L-L-I-E. That's what I was going to ask, is which version of Ollie was it, so I could find it if I wanted to. Yeah, I think just looking at IMDb, like that's the only thing that I sort of found as far as comic book stuff. Like if you look at the the cast and crew list for the movie, it lists Ollie Masters Ming Doyle is based on a comic book created by for DC Vertigo, and that's kind of it. Okay. So I mean, I guess it's a, you said what 2015, so it's recent. Yes. So I'm actually I don't know. To, to me, that's surprising. It's that recent, and they're making a movie out of it. I don't know. I like it's for a comic that I've never heard of to be turned around into a movie that quickly. Can True, I offer an opinion on this? It, before you do, let me just say that go the, for it. Yeah. Um, the the timeline at least is actually pretty similar to. It's a little bit tighter, but pretty similar to Atomic Blonde. Actually, I think oh, okay. the publication date on okay. Atomic Blonde was maybe 2012, if I remember. And it was released 2017. So it might have been one of those things where, you know, people become aware of projects in the works even as they're being made before they're published. So right. somebody might have optioned them just during the initial conception phases and all that. Or as soon as it came out, you know, someone just scooped it up and they got on their way. Yeah. So go ahead, Mike. My opinion was going to be that both for the creation of the comic and for the movie that nobody actually read the script. They just said they, they they were given the contextual idea of what was going to be made and they just greenlit it without actually looking into it. The movie or the comic? Both. <laughs> I've not read the comic, but if the movie is true to the comic in any way, I would say both. I don't want to be wrong to the comic. If the movie was not true to the comic and whatnot, maybe the other way. But with the movie, at least, I would say they, they pitched them the idea, you know, like three women take over the mob in Hell's Kitchen in the 70s. And they were just like, it's a comic movie. It's a mob movie. It's woman power. Go for it. Do it. Yes. Greenlit. Do we need to see the script? No. Fuck that. Just do it. Yeah. And that that's how I see this movie getting made. Ollie's most recent tweet is that the new St. Vincent's Fire, so. I don't know what that is either. That's a band. Fucking boomer. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Wasn't St. Vincent's Vincent Fire a Saint movie? St. Vincent's Fire. No, that's St. Elmo's Fire. It's St. Vincent. Oh, uh, right, St. Elmo's right. Fire, right. Okay. Yeah. Fucking, like, backwards boomers that don't even know boomer movies. <laughs> <laughs> you said St. Vincent's Fire. That's so. Yeah, fire. Like, oh my. I'm not explaining lingo to you again on another episode. <laughs> So, so this is a Zoomer band that, you know, <laughs> makes uh, their music digitally instead of playing instruments. I like how you air quoted instruments. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing the making fun of Zoomers because they do things digitally instead of really. Kind of. I don't know that that's true. No offense to the band themselves because I've never heard their music. So this is it's it's one of those things where with the the movie and the comic, it's like. And maybe this is my ignorance for comic books that I don't read enough, but you hear comic book and you immediately just – that's a synonym for superhero stories for me. So when you see this movie based on a comic book, it's like there's no superheroes in here. Like how is this a comic book? That's the kind of disconnect for me that I'm still trying to wrap my head around for this I, one. I feel like there was a superhero in this in this movie though, but it, we're not into spoilers yet, so I will – Okay, yeah, come back to that. We do. 
Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I have three comic book series on my pull list currently and zero of them have superheroes in them. Well, that's what I mean. Like, maybe that's just me sure. personally. Like, my taste in comic books is more superhero-y. I tend to, I mean, I tend to be all over the board. You know, like, I, I think a lot of people do and they don't even realize it. Like, a lot of people love Batman. But Batman, in a lot of ways, is fun because of the detective action. And there's a lot of other comics that follow that same kind of, like, mystery detective storyline. Yeah. That don't have Batman. You know what I mean? But they have that same kind of intrigue that you can get from Batman. And maybe they just don't know about them or don't follow them, so they don't end up reading them. But there's a lot of really good ones out there that people might miss. Yeah. Uh, all right, so who was involved with making this property into a movie? So the movie was directed by Andrea Burloff, which looks to be her first and only movie she's directed. Uh, she's actually also credited as the sole writer for this movie as well. Uh, she doesn't have many other writing credits to her name, but the one that caught my attention was Straight Outta Compton, which I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. I still haven't seen that. Uh, and That's she's also... Ice Cube, like, almost biopic of his rap yeah. career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's apparently signed on to, to do the screenplay for The Legend of Conan. Conan. I, I call it Conan like Conan O'Brien. Legend of Conan. <laughs> and Aladdin 2. So those oh, are... God, they're doing an Aladdin 2? Apparently. So she's attached to oh, that one also. Oh. Uh, the film stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, Elizabeth Moss, Domino Gleason, Common, James Badge, Dale, Brian D. Is it DRC or Darcy? I don't know how to say that guy's middle name. Brian Darcy. Brian Darcy James. Okay. Uh, and Jeremy Bob. Uh, any guesses for the film's budget? How much do we think it cost to make this movie? Fifty million. Okay, we have fifty million. Thirty-nine million. I heard, wait, Josh and Andy talked at the same time. I heard 39 from someone, but I don't know which who said it. I, think, I said 49. 49, okay. And I said 37. 37, Mike. So closest wins? Sure. Without going over. 51 million. <laughs> okay, Andy wins. 38 wow. million was Woo. the budget. Andy was 1 million off. Yeah. Uh, all right, so it cost 38 million to make. Any guesses on box office totals? $75 million. I'm abstaining 19. because I saw this figure. <laughs> 19? 19. Andy, what was it? 50? 50. And we're, this is worldwide? We're going worldwide? Yeah. Always do. Okay. Uh, Mike, sorry, what was your number again? 19. All right, Mike was closest. Worldwide total, $16 million. Ooh. So it way oh. under budget. <laughs> I was doing that as a joke. Well, you were the closest. <laughs> night, like I, when you said worldwide, are you sure? I'm like, oh god, I'm way off. <laughs> I feel like that might be because they, there was no, there was really no pushing of the movie. Like I, I'd never really heard of it. What wasn't this one of the borderline ones with COVID though too? Or when, mm. when, when did this come out? This August was 2019. August. August, August? Of 2019. Okay. Okay, so no, it wasn't. It doesn't have the COVID excuse. <clears throat> Not at all. Okay. So, yeah, I, I like I feel like I remember promotions for it, but again, did it just looked like, you know, a female mob movie, which isn't really my cup of tea, so I didn't really give two shits about it. So, I don't know if, you know, the majority of people felt the same way or, you know, it also depends like it's it's 
basically, how do you feel about Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss? Because they're the headliners for this. If you don't like anything that they've done, I don't think you're going to go see their movie. I feel like, personally, like, I, I remember seeing, like, a lot of ads for it in, like, the theaters at time. Yeah. At that time. But I feel like it was marketed, like, personally, I feel like it was marketed ten times better than the movie actually is. <laughs> Like I remember seeing it, being like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna watch that sometime." That that doesn't, you know, like I'll watch it at home. Like I like I like mob movies, but I don't go to the theater for them because they tend to be long, slow pacing, not much reason to see them in the theater kind of movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of theater draw for a mob movie. Um, and I like I remember thinking like, "Oh yeah, I'll definitely watch that at home when it comes out." Um, I didn't. I didn't end up doing that. I don't, Saving it for I the podcast, I like it. Why. Yeah, but Good thinking. <laughs> uh, it, 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 I feel like it, it. I feel like it was marketed fairly well. If you were at the theaters, if you weren't at theaters, I feel like it wasn't right. Um, breaking down the box office, it made twenty-two or sorry, twelve point two million domestic, three point eight million international. So no one overseas gave a shit about this movie. Makes that sense. makes Which, sense. Yeah, that, isn't that I probably that. normal for mob movies? I, yeah. I feel like yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's much more it's, of an American genre. Like it I is. could see there, and maybe like Italy, it would do well, right? Yeah. yeah, but I think Italy has more negative connotations of the mob than we do. <laughs> I don't think they treat it as like a. They don't have the glory to it that we've put onto it, like you know, in modern times. Yeah, yeah. I think they still right. treat it as a very negative thing. Yes, and especially in this case, it wasn't even the Italian mob; it was the Irish mob. So, like, even then, they're. You know, How to you, do in Ireland? Lose that uh, uh, <laughs> well, not that well. If it only did three point whatever worldwide, yeah, but that could be all of Ireland. <laughs> it could, it could <laughs> have been. Ireland. It could have been like three point six in Ireland and point two worldwide for all we know. Mm -hmm. like it's it's quite possible. Uh, Doubt it. So we're gonna hit possible. the the ratings. We'll spin back to this when we give our own. So Rotten Tomatoes is currently sitting at a critic rating of twenty four percent. Audience rating is sixty nine percent. Nice. Nice. Just for you, Ian. <laughs> uh, Metacritic, Metascore is 35, user score 4.1. Wow, so those again, are actually pretty close to each other. Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll spin back around to that when we give our rating. So, first time viewing or rewatch for everybody? Uh, Josh, first. we'll start with you. Uh, first or rewatch? Re first. Mike? First. Ian? Like a virgin touch for the very first time. <laughs> Andy, this was the first. Okay, yeah, this was the first time I watched for me as well. Um, I think that's the first for the podcast. I think it might be. Yeah, um, yeah. I was trying to I remember it... off off the cuff if we did if there was one movie that we all had seen for the first time on the show. But uh, yeah, you might be right. This might be the first one. The closest we got was Astro Boy because I realized halfway through the movie that I had. Wait, had everyone seen Return of Swamp Thing? Oh, no, no. Yeah, that... Oh, good call. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's true. No. Or even Swamp Thing? <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think I partially did. I think I said that I thought I did and then remembered maybe, so I forget where I it owned that or not. any yeah. 80s monster movie. See, I've already blocked those <laughs> movies out. Uh, all right, so it's that time where we're going to get into the discussion portion of the show. Uh, since we'll be discussing everything in the movie, I'm going to throw out the spoiler warning now. So if you have not seen The Kitchen and don't want spoiled, pause this now. Come back to us after you've seen the film. Uh, if you would like to listen on anyway, uh, right after the spoiler alert, we're going to give our 60-second summary, which will hopefully give you enough of a general plot of the movie so you can listen to our discussion. 
But either way, beyond this point, spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so now that we have the spoiler alert out of the way, we're rolling into the 60-second summary. Uh, so again, the goal of this is to give you an idea of the plot of the movie, if you care to listen along anyway. Uh, we've added the challenge of having to give the summary in under 60 seconds. So luckily, if many of you, you know, if you're listening and you miss some details, you can always just rewind and listen to this again, because yay, technology. Uh, so Andy finally volunteered for one, so he is on the hot <laughs> seat for this one. Uh, so 60 seconds are on the clock, sir, whenever you are ready. Okay. <laughs> the kitchen. Irish mob with a hard-nosed granny as a boss. Is she a man? Three husbands and three wives belong to said mob. The simple kind of men get pinched. The wife saw opportunity in a man's, 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 man's world. These ladies have serious guts and they act and they take action immediately. Turns out they are good, intimidating barracudas. I was seven. There's a psycho vet friend who turns into a romance for one of the ladies. Is she a psycho too? Probably. Who is Gloria Steiner? The chain gets broken and the psycho chick dies. So they carry on like a wayward son. None of the guys make it. A gold dust woman had it set up the whole time. You dirty rat. <laughs> is that it? You got it? Yep. Well done. Well done. So I, there was I a lot of flair there. I that, liked it. That was, it was I, good. I tried to incorporate a lot of the songs that I recall hearing in the movie into my summary. If you if you guys noticed, yeah, I, I didn't notice. I, I didn't oh, catch it till like was... halfway through, but then I was like, "Oh, this is good." So I had the same thought as you. Like, is that a man? Like the old mother yeah, lady? Yeah. Like, because I, I Jess and tell. I turned to each other and we were both like, "Is that, that a man?" <laughs> that was about the worst wit makeup they could have ever put on a woman. You know, in a role as a woman that you could imagine. Uh, well done, Andy. I'm I'm impressed. Well done. Yeah. I, okay. Thanks. I feel like I stumbled through a couple of things, but I mean, you made it in like 40 seconds, so you were well under the timer. So. Your your head timer is on, man. You got. I it. wasn't worried about like my inflections of some of like the songs and like the. I was I'm, I'm kind of disappointed then... though that like you didn't mention the chain. I did. So oh, you did. The I missed it. Chain was broken when the psycho chick dies. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I was gonna say because that was the one they made like a they used it like in the movie and then at the credits. Yeah, at the credits had the, had the cover from a band that I had never heard of. Before. Andy, I feel like what you're gonna right. have to do is whenever this posts on Facebook, comment with your your summary. Post it up there in the comments so that people can read. Because I'm with everybody else. I think we missed a lot in there. I'm going to have to go back and like re listen to the recording. Oh, uh, sorry. Did I go? No, 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 no. Or... It's good. No, like, no, no, no. You're I, good. I like that it's that dense. I just think just just from a listener standpoint. We, we missed all the Easter it. eggs. Yeah. They, uh, yeah everyone yeah. will appreciate okay. more how much you put in there if they can read it. <laughs> so that's something very, to, to very think nice. about later. Uh, all right, so we are up for our five topics. Uh, we're going to put 10 minutes on the clock for each of those. Uh, any volunteers to go first, and what uh, topic would you like to cover first? I see a hand. Yes. All right, Mike. I I'd, I'd love to go first. <laughs> oh, God. What uh, what topic do you want to uh, hit first? Direction, story, story actors, characters, story. soundtrack? No, definitely story. story. Okay. Story. 10 minutes. Go for it. Um, so my first note on story is garbage, uh, but I'm going to move on past that. And I, there's a few things in the story and in the writing, because that's kind of like the same thing together, right? We're supposed to discuss story and writing as kind of one. Yeah, that'll work. 
Yeah, they got so, to go hand in hand. Yeah, they go hand in hand. So, um, in the first ten or so minutes of the movie, we meet our three women who are going to be our protagonists. Um, one of them is an unfortunately abused woman. And one of our other protagonists, who at the end of this movie gets a happy ending, makes fun of her for being beaten. Says to her directly, yeah, the only thing you're good at is getting hit. This is one of our protagonists saying this to one of our other protagonists who is an abused woman. In a movie yeah. that is supposed to be about like women empowering themselves to take over the mob in Hell's Kitchen. This is one protagonist making fun of another protagonist because she's a beaten woman. I feel but it like establishes that, her character. I feel like that was something. She gets a happy that ending and comes much... out as a good guy. I don't think, no, she doesn't come out as a good guy. She betrayed all of them, put them all in prison. She comes off as a bad person. And then That's she the gets whole the point. It set up her character. Did you see the last shot of the movie? Did they, yeah, that they run the town, but that doesn't make you a good person. None of them were good I, people. They were the horrible mob fucking people. Daredevil they isn't a good person. This is not how you write a mob movie. When you write a mob movie, you have horrible people that are your main characters. But they're not protagonists. They're horrible people. They're villains in themselves, and they always have to get their comeuppance at the end of it for the dirty, horrible shit they do along the way. And the only one that does is the one that goes out and becomes a murderer. The protagonist so, is Hell's Kitchen, first of all. It's not the women. The protagonist is the city they're in. Hell's Kitchen itself. Second of all, it establishes her as a bad character, and her good ending is that she gets to sleep with an FBI agent and gets to make some money. That's not, like, the greatest thing of all time. She's still, there's going to be consequences down the, the road. It's just how the movie ends. It doesn't people. end at the end of the story. It ends at the end of this story. And this story is where it ended. There's one likable character. There's one good person in the entire movie, and that Gabriel is was very likable. He was Melissa very Mac charming. Melissa McCarthy's character's father is the one person that's a good person throughout most of the movie, and then by the end of it, he gives up all of his morals. He gives up everything he stands for and says, well, you know what? If my daughter's going to be the one that kills her husband and runs Hell's Kitchen, okay. She so stood this, up let me, There's hang on, let me, let me, let me interject. Let me, let me interject, because I, I think I could maybe bridge where you both are coming at this from i think the movie did a poor job in establishing what i what i think they were trying to do which was to create a likable anti-hero and I, I i don't think that was a success so the, the point that you know i i think if they had because they failed at that that's why mike is saying well the 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 unlikable character who does the bad things and is a crappy person might not have a quote happy ending, but they come out of it. They they at least survive. And, they have a happy ending. Well, I mean, at the at She's the very at the, the very least, they're, the, they're, they're they're in charge. They're they're bosses at the end of this. They they're living large. But right. So so well. the, the juxtap the juxtaposition is we're the, supposed the, to see that. That's the the, the one who was the unfortunate character at the beginning, who was the abused person in the end doesn't come out of it alive. And so if you're if if that is the the comparison point of who who you know who triumphs necessarily, the bar is very low. Those who triumph are the ones that at the end of the film are at least still alive. And the inequity there is is, is what is noticeable because that's really all you have to go on because I, th I I like I said I think by the end you're supposed to want to kind of root for uh Tiffany and Melissa's characters, but I personally didn't. By the end, I I didn't. I, 
care. I wasn't, I, I, I don't know if I was bothered. Like I, I wasn't necessarily cheering for them and happy that they made it through and that they might have this, you know, thing ahead of them now. Yay. Like, I was like, all right, but I'm kind of that way with all mob movies. Uh, I have a really hard well, time giving a crap about anybody. So like, I have a note at one point that if these women and Gabriel aren't dead by the end of this, this movie is horrible. Well, that's a bad critique. The thing is, it's the movie is about like the power. It's about establishing power, regardless of gender. Showing power is what keeps you in control. That's why the so the, the, the power that, that they take women off the street as prostitutes was, away from their pimp. I gave you time, sir. And they turn that's, them into their you time, own sir. prostitutes. Fox News, that's me, women sir. empowering Fox women is, me, is, is, is pimping them out. All right, all right, all right, all right. Time out, time We're out. We're not going to so, pimp you out for that guy. You're going to pimp out for us now. So okay, that's so women empowering women. The the one comment I have right now is that I expected this fire on Godzilla versus Kong, not the fucking kitchen <laughs> i don't know what the hell is happening right now that's fair <laughs> somebody's defending a woman that's gonna pimp out other women and, and it's supposed to be woman power that she's pimping out other women i'm but not wanna... saying it's woman empowerment i'm saying it is power the concept of power itself and it What's doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman whoever has the power it's a horrible and that's what they established establishing regardless of gender if you have power you can do what you want and that's what ruby does throughout the movie and right, so it, I'm it, sure it supposed to be a protagonist and Andy in here too, because we're at four minutes left. So right. I, I I already got some piece. Go ahead, Andy. Um, wow, everyone's uh, really up in arms about this. Um, <laughs> I I kind of don't know what to really add. Uh, the basis anything, of the, the basis of the story, up. I feel felt a little um. Uh, I don't want to say done before, but almost like uh, behind every powerful man is a powerful woman, sort of a thing. You know, like a mm -hmm. lot of women sort of pull the strings to on the, on the guys that they're they're with, almost. Except this this takes it like that extra step. Um, so I feel like it is like a story that has sort of been done before, but I, I honestly I, I didn't really mind it that much I, th I thought it was an okay story and i think a lot of the uh things that mike's talking about like the the beating of the the one girl and the comments about it were sort of not so tongue-in-cheek back then as much as they are now no i can see that uh, they they were more it happened not that anybody wanted it to but it, it was it wasn't quite so much made into a big a deal as it is now it was just I it mean, was it was accepted unfortunately to, to that point I, the only thing i would say is they later show this woman um ruby was her character's name showing more compassion for claire was her name um after she is attacked by a homeless guy than when she was beat by her husband and they show her trying to be like this caring loving friend after she had just told her that she was weak and pointless because she was beat by her husband. Well, sometimes a hard love can go a long way. So her by if by her saying that to her uh, changes her balls, I, I will say it guts. I mean, it's part towards of her him, you know. Then it's good. But uh, she does actually. Melissa McCarthy said to her, "I think that was that was harsh," or she said that was harsh, or that was hard, or something and she immediately agreed with her she's like i know so and and part of it may be also i don't know if ian said it before or maybe brian but establishing like maybe you're not supposed to like tiffany haddish's 
character that much. Like maybe that is the personality of her. It's not agreeable and so, it might be shitty, but it's well, just let's, that's let's spin that to that's how the, character get the characters and actors a little bit more. Is yeah. there anything left so, we want to do for story? We got a minute and a half on the timer. Th- th- there's a couple things I wanted to touch on that they did that I don't like at all. Um one, they portrayed Jews as cowards. And I did not like that at all. That was bullshit. That was a horrible way. That, that it was a very stereotypical and racist way to portray Jews. Um, that was not cool. And then they had kind of villainizing black people through Ruby's character as well in the way that she talks about it. Um, and I did, I did, I was not okay with that. She gives a whole speech at the one point about like we don't give a fuck about you. We just want ourselves to win or whatever the hell she's trying to say at that point um i was not okay with that um her mother ruby's mother tells her at one point like oh yeah i beat you as a kid so you could grow up to be what you are now a fucking criminal she knows she's a criminal and she beat her so she could be tough and become a criminal i don't know how she's powerful a criminal yes a powerful person to get out of the street criminal Somebody yes, that belongs I, in I jail. We're not disagreeing here. Yes, uh, to get out of the ghetto, to acquire that power, to run the shit, to be better off than she would have been if she was a coward. It's kind of a shitty message. Y- yeah, I don't think there's supposed to be good anything person. good in this movie. That's like, yeah, let me take it, this takeaway from it. Uh, what what mob movie has a good message? But but no, no, right, what They're not mob supposed movie to have a good, a good message, message? But when they so, when they don't like, have a good message, name me a mob movie where they come out fucking squeaky clean the way you know, they do at the end. Who of does? This. Every single one None of them, of them loses do, but their in this husband. movie, they come out squeak. No. They kill their husbands willingly. They choose to lose their husbands in this. Usual That's not suspects. Like... What are you talking about, the usual suspects? Well, that guy comes out fine. <laughs> what? Uh, That's, a... That's not so... a necessarily a mob movie. Hey, you asked for an example. I gave one. It's organized I crime. Co- I... <laughs> mm. All right, as much as I want to see if there's anything left for this for story, I feel like we're just going to go down the rabbit hole again, so I kind of want to just keep going because I feel like we're, we're going to hit other stuff that's just going to lead us down this road too. Um, Josh, where do you want to go next? Direction, actors, characters, soundtrack, special effects, explosions. Um, I feel like explosions, special effects, are like that's going to be very light. Um. We can wrap Even story like back into that if we want to. Make up time <laughs> type thing or not. Let's uh, now. Um, I, I honestly, I think the most interesting discussion is going to come from the soundtrack. But, um, let's do let's do direction. Okay. Ten minutes. Go for it. All in all, and and this is maybe just encompasses a lot of these categories. There's like an umbrella over it, but all in all, I I wouldn't say that this is a terrible movie. It's not a terribly written movie. It's not a terribly directed movie. It's just a, all right, movie that someone made, people were in. There's just not a punch to it. There's not a lasting impression. There's nothing exceptional about it, per se. Um, from the director's standpoint, I mean, I I, I didn't... I, I think there was a little bit of fluff in 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 there, and, and they could have streamlined some things and... and, and made some things more solid but that also goes back into like some you know story or writing but um i i i mean there was nothing about i would say there's nothing about it that looked amateurish to me um from a director's standpoint um the person obviously knows what they you know how they want to frame a shot and where they want their actors and what performances they want out of them um 
I, 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 I said I, I would give Andrea Barloff, you know, good thumbs up on on that. I, I thought she did a good job. Yeah, I, uh, I, en- yeah, go ahead, Andy. I enjoyed the action sequences to this movie, like the action shots of them, like when, uh, oh, oh, what's his name, uh, the psycho dude. The psycho vet guy. Gabriel. Gabriel is chasing the guy with the gun for another thing. I enjoyed that shot. And um, ah, I enjoyed the like music the... music went with that well. Yeah, I enjoyed the shots um, in uh, where they're dropping bodies into the ocean. And I enjoyed a lot of the, the nighttime shots. Um, and, and some of the... Uh, I enjoyed the... Um, there was a, a mob... It was a montage, I think, of them taking money from the people they were protecting and, and seeing mm-hmm. Duffy and, and the other dude sort of like actually like doing the, the hard stuff for them while they were sort of taking the money for the said people. You know, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that montage. So there were there were good, in my opinion, good shots directorially in this. Yeah. Uh, Ian? So, I mean, there was a lot of, well, like everyone's mentioned, frame stuff, like pushing the Mar- Margot Martindale down the stairs, like, was shot well. Like, they established it. It looked good. Um, the same with the bodies in the bathtubs. You know, they showed you what oh, they yes. wanted to show you. That was, oh, that was unnerving. Yeah. yeah, like, it it felt upsetting. You know, they got the bone crunching to make me feel bad about Ooh, the bones. Shivering now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, they did good stuff with Elizabeth Moss when she's coming out. You know, she's in the, I guess it's the Hudson. I'm not sure which river it is. Someone tell me. Anyways, when she's in the river. The New York River? The New York River. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's the Bay River. Anyways, they're in the Bay, and she, after she pushes her husband out to sea, she does that, like, refreshed thing, like a, like a kind of like a christening for an adult. Like an adult baptism. christening where you put them in, yeah, baptism. Yeah. You put them in the river. It was like that, her being reborn anew. I thought that was really well framed. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't know how much of this is. That's, that's you know, a shot in the comic book because none of us have read it. But mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of those scenes he did really well. The action scenes were great. Like, watching Gabriel chase down that dude in the street was really fun. And then just his casual walk away. Like, yeah. really. Yeah, he Nailed was just that. like really... he was sort of huffing a little bit, but he was like, "Yeah, okay, it, it's all good now." <laughs> they really it, like all of those like crying scenes where someone casually reacts afterwards. They did a good job, like showing you, "Yeah, they're just natural now. There's nothing weird about this." And I really liked even the one shot after they kill. I think it's Duffy, and you just see the guy the next day going out to wipe down the blood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mike, anything? So I'll agree that some of the shots were good. Like they said, with the shot on the street with Gabriel killing him, it tells a story in that single shot where he's able to kill this guy in broad daylight in front of all of these people, shoot him in the head, rub the gun off, toss it on the street. All these people seen it, and he has no fear whatsoever of being caught for it. Right. I, I he's will just say, doing it, and it, it tells that story. Yeah. I'm just going to interject one quickly real quick now that you're talking about that scene uh, that scene actually made me feel like this was a comic book movie that one particular scene really made me feel like oh yeah i could see this coming directly from said comic book okay go ahead Uh, in i'll I'll say while it had scenes like that it also had ones that had me say are you kidding me um when gabriel first shows up and he saves claire from being raped 
he shoots that guy right in the back of the head while he is pressed up against her. That is taking a very serious risk that he's just going to kill her, too. Agreed. That was, you don't, like, you pull him off and then you shoot him on the ground. You don't just shoot him in the back of the head while her head's right next to his. That is that, that he's a psycho. <laughs> See, okay, so I, I, I'll split the difference on those two because I'm glad you said that. That is actually how I felt about the scene you just talked about, about him, like, chasing the pimp down and shooting him in broad daylight on the sidewalk. The mixture there of he definitely has some screws loose mixed with a, a, a somewhat lack of fear of, you know, re- consequence. Because when that happens, when that moment happens, like it to me, it wasn't it didn't feel like the um, the team had completely taken hold. They were in the process like this is one of the things that they're doing in the process of, of traveling that road. And so. Like you still probably had the risk of either one of the other competing crime organization groups or still the police, you know, somebody uh, reacting to that necessarily. Um, so, yeah, I think it, I think it served both purposes. But that, yeah, that scene in the alley when he first shows up, I admittedly thought the same thing that he's maybe he didn't know or like only partially cared. Well, at the same whether time, he tells she got the hit story later. That he came back because of her. Mm-hmm. He he says those words that he only came back because of her. What? He just damn near killed her. Well, I don't think that's also a weird thing to happen in like a crime movie or something where someone takes a risky shot. Like that happens, I feel like a lot in like this genre, even. Like, yeah, I but I mean, there was literally a I don't thousand think a different real... ways for him not to take that risk. It, in that situation, especially if the woman he supposedly loves and all that already is to, there. And the reason he came back to Hell's Kitchen is there. And he just... To me, it looked like um, Jackie was really close to actually raping her. Like, very close. Like, I so think it was, maybe it yeah, was I got a, the impression a, I might three go that steps way. away, man. Like, he, he was right there. Like, it... Okay, well, I mean, so was... Uh, little Jackie was even closer... I, no, I get that. Yeah, but so it, I, I think they're, time time constraint there is probably I can take three steps and actually have him enter her while I'm taking said three steps, or I can blow his fucking brains out right now. And we've seen okay. his default choice is to blow brains out. Yes. In that same scene, I'll bring up another point in in that she identifies him after that as Gabriel. At that moment, they don't give any further identifier as to who the fuck he is. In that moment, is he her brother? Is he a lover? Is he a friend? Is he random? We don't know. And we don't find out until significantly later than we should have who he actually is. I almost feel like that's on purpose. Like, they want him to be a wild card when he shows up. Like, you don't know what side he's on. You don't know who he's working for. Is he friends with them? Is he not friends with them? Well, he ma- just ma- so she recognizes him as, a, as in a friendly way. When she turns around, she rec- she she knows him. But even when we figure out who he is, them, like right after in his relationship in the tub. Even when we figure out who he is in his relationship with them, then we start questioning later. Well, who is he loyal to? Is he loyal to them? Is he loyal to the previous guy? Like even so, then, I'm still so, at that point so the questioning mob boss where trying he's to make at. you question that actually got you to question that a little bit. Yeah, 
are are we oh, spinning are we spinning to characters and whatnot or are we are we done with director uh we got 50 seconds left on well, direction if we want we, to go we, well I don't have anything I mean, left. I'm just asking. Is it like the, the the last two and a half minutes have all been something else? Just <laughs> seeing if any, okay, just, so, just just in so case in, anyone in has anything else to add on this one. For me, um, the other thing I would say is that we have this period where the mob boss doesn't even notice that he's not getting his collections during that whole montage and everything. Nothing repercussion wise is happening for they. I, I guess it's a week, two weeks. Like what? Is the time frame there? I don't have a very good idea, but I think it was meant to be a week or so. I'm not sure of that. But if you think that somebody that's getting paid for protection like that is going to go an entire week without getting their money before they notice and do something about it. I was under no. the impression that he was also a very brand new mob boss. Yeah, he was. He just got the job because the other one went to prison. Jackie, especially, yeah. Right, but at the same time, like it's just like, this is not how this would go down. None of this would go down this way. Have you, have you been involved with the mob recently? Do you, like, do you understand? Well, so you're going to hate my MCU universe if we're going, with, how did this should have gone down? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the, the, the trap that we're falling into with this is it's probably the most i mean out of our our series so far it's probably the most quote like real world oriented and grounded type of story yeah and a, a lot of the context <laughs> <laughs> that's a close second but um so like the way that we have to contextualize it is very different from our you know typical source expectations yeah um i mean for me i think i don't know if i really gave my two cents for direction but uh just for me i think sort of what josh said i think direction wise it's fine i didn't think there was anything that really stood out but i didn't think there's anything that was really terrible from a director's standpoint um so i mean for this being her first movie i'd say fine i mean I'd, i'd be curious to see what she would do next uh I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she has. Anything. You think they're gonna give a woman a, di- a woman director that had a failed movie another movie to direct? Right, and maybe that's why she's only got writing credits coming up next. So I I wouldn't expect anything anytime soon. Uh, not that I'd really go seeking her out, I guess. But you know, I'd be. I'd still. I'm still curious. Uh, Andy, where do you want to go next? We have. We're, we're gonna go right into characters. Okay. Let's get, the, yeah, get that just, out of the way. <laughs> just because I feel like we, we've been sort of poking that bear through the cage for a while. So we're going to go ahead and let that bear <laughs> right the fuck out of the cage. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'll start with Gabriel because we were sort of talking about him. Um, I like the air of mystery surrounding him until we do sort of figure out what and who he is. Um. And I like how you sort of aren't quite sure where his loyalties lie. I like that about him. Yeah. I like that. I like that character. He was actually one of my favorite characters. Out of the entire cast, he was by far my favorite. But this is someone that has... I wouldn't say by far, but he was my favorite. Oh, I think, like, for me, I have a personal bias, I feel like, against Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish. I don't really like them at all in pretty much anything that they're in. So this movie already had to clear that bar for me. Uh, so I'm, I was trying to find something in here that I, I would 
really kind of enjoy. And Don, Donald Leeson did it for me. I liked Gabriel a lot. See, I'm in kind of like a different spot there where I usually enjoy Melissa McCarthy. I'd never really seen anything with Tiffany Haddish, but I usually enjoy Melissa McCarthy. So I, I just wanted to say that. Andy, go ahead. Uh, my second favorite character was actually Melissa McCarthy. It <laughs> so was, I'm in the minority was, here. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like she did a, a, a pretty good job in her role considering it, it was fairly uh, atypical for her. I will give her that. It's not typically something that I would peg her to be in. Right, and I'm about 50-50 with her like comedic roles. You know, I, I do like her in some things and... and care not for her and others but um i i thought she she was uh noticeable noticeably good in this in in what she was given gotcha see for melissa mccarthy specifically i felt like she did some things very well in other times I feel like she might not know what a tough face looks like because she looked like a deer in headlights sometimes when she was supposed to be putting on a supposedly it, tough face. Yeah, if you if you notice though, the deer in headlights happened in like the first half of the movie and more in the last latter half of the movie, you see she's a little bit more determined. If it was intentional, I would give it credit. Um that that's all I would say. I did not I did not have any real problems with what she did, but that other than that, that if that was intentional, I would say good job. If it was unintentional, I would say bad job. Yeah, I would, like I would have to. I I will say that know. that I, I I like to talk some about uh, the characters that are are made to hate, and quite frankly, I absolutely hated the two husbands. Like absolutely hated them. So I feel <laughs> like those actors did a good job. <laughs> That is a good point. Fair point. Absolutely. Yep. I, um, I think I had a statement about the husband that was beating Claire and that he was like, he seemed like he was putting on a Nicholson a little bit, like an early Nicholson routine into mm-hmm. what he was doing at the beginning of the movie. He, f- he felt very Jack Nicholson to me. But other than that, I didn't really have much to say about him. But sorry, Josh, go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Um, I, my assessment of, it's because there seems to be a lot of, gabriel talk per se (laughs) i i mean this 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 does meld with story a bit i i was fine with the notion of like the air of mystery of really what is his what's making him tick and his motivations etc except that um where it was important to know that like i i found myself for the first half of the movie that like once he shows up from that point to the end the first half of while he's around i felt there was very insufficient information to understand him like and like of what you needed to understand like there was there was like no backstory like you get like one throwaway line somewhere of like oh i guess you were in jail and now you've been out and why did he come back for elizabeth moss because they had a prior relationship of some kind or exposure to each other that we don't know about that they don't talk about i it i i felt there was something lacking in the execution of the like we'll we'll learn about him as we go on it just 
sort of what you said, like when he first showed up, like, who is this person? Is he a relative? Is he a former lover? Is he a wannabe lover? Is he uh, a lackey? Is he like, what is he? Um, and the mystery part was partially interesting, but I, I, for me, it would have helped to be a little bit more forthcoming where, you know, sooner when it made sense to be with certain things, it, it would have strengthened it, I feel. Um, the rest of the characters, I, 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 I think I disliked who I was supposed to dislike, and I liked others to the degree that I was supposed to. Not that I rooted for them necessarily. Again, it's a mob movie, and my feelings are I don't really want any of you to do well because you all seem like terrible people. <laughs> but for who they were telling me, like I, I think their conveyance of their of the characters was done well. I knew exactly who each of them was supposed to be, regardless of my feelings of a person like that. Okay. Uh, Ian? Dom Hill Gleason made his name for me in the seminal movie Ex Machina, and he did an amazing job in this film as well. He, he, he really carried the character well. I think he kept that established, that part we been discussing which some people find is a fault but i thought is a good thing where we don't know enough about him he kept that air of mystery honestly throughout most of the film and i really like that i think he did a good job playing into that role really living that role and i think elizabeth moss also did a very good job conveying that story arc of beaten woman into psychopath like that is her dealing with the trauma is to just become an awful person too but like revel in it really enjoy it in a way that like ruby doesn't like ruby took it as like she just wants the power to build a better life for herself to be in control where elizabeth moss wants to just kind of go over the edge and like no one can give me shit because i will just kill them she legit scared me power by the end of the movie yeah yeah, yeah i thought she yeah. did a great great transformation of like you could see it in her facial manners like you could feel her changing, not because the story told you to, but because of the way she even acted, just look-wise, did it. I thought that was great. Melissa McCarthy did fine. You know, I mean, I she, she can do drama stuff, I guess, but, you know, <laughs> I don't think she did anything where I'm like, holy fuck, I can't. That's an, that's an Oscar nom, you know, like, that's not even an International Screenwriters Guild nom, you know. <laughs> but she she did fine. Tiffany Haddish, I... I guess I don't have this bias that Brian seems to have. I don't really know her from anything other than the Cardi B music video. So, I know, she did her role fine. It's a called popular stuff. <laughs> and, um, you know, I thought she did fine. You know, she did her job. I didn't like her because I wasn't supposed to. Well, I kind of did like her because I think I like rooting for bad people that, like, have power that, like, get to do bad things because they're bad. It's kind of fun when they don't actually impact my real life in any way. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're not hunting you, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, and I think Margot Martin, famed character actor Marker Martindale, did a great job as Helen. Um, yeah, you couldn't tell it was her because of everything. I think she had, like, what was on her face was ten human heads. <laughs> but with that, she still did a very impressive job. Um, you know, being able to move around with that much makeup on. <laughs> that's that's the man grandma, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that was the um, boss Grammy. Was, okay. was anybody else surprised in uh, Gabriel's character arc that he did not go out guns a-blazing? No, because he I, lost I, his will to fight, I think. He just okay, didn't. He's like, I don't care. You can he didn't care about it in his eyes, and, and, and you, and you, you can see when it's sort of like that trigger 
kind of goes away from his eyes and he decides not to. I, I really almost wanted him to just start. You know, I was almost like, like egging him on. It. Yeah, just 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 start pulling trigger and go out. Go out. See, like I kind of loved that so, yeah. he was like, you know, both sides of it, whether he was like just ready to kill everybody or just chill out, was basically even keel the same. Like he he didn't really go over, he didn't go under. It was just like level headed basically the whole time. But he's still yeah. unpredictable, and you don't know where the fuck he's gonna go. But it's just there. I can't, I can't, but in his face, you could sort of see where he like processes it in his head and he's just like intense. And then he's like, ah, fuck it. I don't know. Just walk away. <laughs> yeah. See, and I guess starting like there, I would say he did a good job. Um, I'm going to disagree about Elizabeth Moss. I think she did absolutely God awful um, with this character and with how things went. Um, I, on multiple occasions, I wrote down notes of like, show emotion. You're talking about this, like she's talking about emotions and not, you're not seeing them. Like, it's not, I don't know. It, it, it it didn't work. Like, I felt like she was off. Um, McCarthy, I said, okay, but she kind of phoned in the New York accent. I think Tiffany Haddish did fine. Um, you don't like her by the end of the th- end of the movie and you're not supposed to and that's where my superhero comes in. Yeah, okay. Um that I had mentioned earlier is that Tiffany Haddish's character Ruby is an asshole of superhero proportions. <laughs> and it you know, it, she makes fun of a beaten woman, she takes other women and prostitutes them out. She has this idea of like empowering black people but also really just using them for her own power um she turns on people that she made think were her friends she's the biggest asshole in the world and this movie lets her walk out squeaky clean that is superhero level asshole proportions it is it is incredible to reach that kind of level um it 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 really is It's, it's it's incredible I mean, kind of like what everybody else said. I don't think we're supposed to like anybody. Like, I don't. I don't. There's no one I come out of this movie like, okay, yeah, they were they were the good quote unquote good guy. I think you're supposed to like Melissa McCarthy's character. I don't know. I still well, she's iffy by I the do. end of it. Yeah, I, mean, I like. I, but I do supposed to. But I do respect them for for making happen what they wanted to happen, even the way they did it. I I didn't say that. <laughs> I said they made happen what they wanted to happen. And, and, like, sometimes what you want to have happen, you know, is a criminal action, which they did. <laughs> but but they, at least they had the guts to do it. A lot of a lot of criming. Yeah. I mean, by the end, Melissa McCarthy's character kills her husband. I mean, she doesn't so, Well, to be fair, she for... walks away knowing someone else is about to kill him. For, for kind of what he... Same thing. Well, it's I'm a just... Rico case. She's She's guilty, too. Fine. The, Fine. the point well, that's is a, that's a different crime she, family, so I don't I don't think that <laughs> she lets she lets her husband get killed simply because he went to this man to try and get her to stop. He realized she was in too deep, and he wanted to stop this whole thing and say you need to get out. And she said no. Oh, I I, I, I how, and how she explained get, it well, off in her own head as you put our kids in danger. Well, he did. No. So I, no, 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 no. He, I I took they that were, different. Oh, piano. They were playing piano with that guy's wife. They they were not in danger ever. No, just from for just from a story beat, I actually took that 
differently. Did um I I I saw that as he was actually going to have her probably killed. Yes, that is to also get, to that's get how her, you get rid of to other get her mob to bosses. stop or get get him back he in a went... position of power. That's what he was going to do. Not just like, hey, I'm I'm coming to you so that we can usurp her position. He was going. To, I mean, and because of that, that's why I didn't feel as bad for what came from him afterward. Like, but did, did anyone else see that differently? Face, from the way that he acted it, from the way that he portrayed it, I took it as him saying you're going too far and you need to stop this. He talks to her about this isn't the way we did things. You're killing people. You're doing all this horrible stuff to get this stuff done. We want the same end goal, which is jobs and a good life for the people of Hell's Kitchen, but we did it clean and you're doing it dirty. And he went to this guy to say, like, listen, you should take over Hell's Kitchen and get her out of it. By by how? How do you do that? that? How do you get rid of other mob bosses? You have him tell her she's out, and when that other mob boss from Brooklyn and tells you says, from puny no, little hell's kitchen, to her? she gets what mob bosses should get at the end of a mob film. So he, so he went in to kill her. He went to that guy to be like, "Kill my wife." The my kid, wife. The kids are leveraged at that point. Get her out. He knows that his wife is a reasonable woman, and he Does thinks he? that she is. Well, he thinks that she is, and he goes there to get out of the situation because he realizes it's all in too deep. No, see, I saw it the other way, where he hmm. wants in, and he's pissed off that she won't let him in. That's the way I saw it. No, he why, also he, mentioned that about Why would he talk to her about how far she's going and why she's going too far with he's it? He's trying to be the good wife and be on her side to be in, to, to bring him in. And when she still refuses to bring him in, he decides the only way to get back in is to get her out. The kids at that point are leverage. I think they're framing it that way. I think like they want some people to see it that way. But if well, that's what that's they were doing, I they did it. a really <laughs> shitty job of writing it because it doesn't come off that way. Well, I, I, I mean, four or five people thought it did. <laughs> I mean, four or five people can be wrong. I mean, I'm just also. Can I don't say come, don't come at Crest like that? <laughs> <laughs> can I say uh, like aside from this, just like last thing on characters that came to mind, I. It just me like I don't think you needed Common's character in this. I don't think you needed the FBI at all. I, I get the whole thing where they reveal like, okay, Tiffany Haddish's character was kind of in on the setup at the beginning and whatnot. And yeah, you get that spin, but I think you could have had this entire same story without that little piece of it, and like the you little mean- kind of interjecting cuts of like the FBI office scenes and whatnot. Like I, I don't think he did badly as an actor or anything. I just think. Like that whole side of it, I didn't. I don't think it had really hardly any impact. You almost need it just to see how close they are to being caught. Like I think that's the only purpose that that serves. Because if you don't see that side of it, you you see them going on without any consequences. I mean, they sort of are, but like you don't know how close they are to to getting found out and this coming to an end. Well, I think I, I think like the way they explain it, they never were close. Because the guy that's with the FBI investigating them was on their side the whole time. Right, but you don't know that. Right, yeah, you don't. Right, but but I think that that twist of it was completely unnecessary and unused. They tried to use it, and then they just made it pointless. Maybe that's what it is more. By the end of the story, it didn't matter. The the revelation of that didn't have the world impact on everything that I thought. Like, like the same events could have... Whether... She, she helped had all the set their husbands up or not. It. Like they still like that was just maybe her means to make that initial split. 
but the, the only yeah, I think the whole rest of it could have happened. Yeah, the only question that I answered for me was who was in the bed when she was looking out the window. Yes, yeah, <laughs> good point. Sure, I I did write a question about that. Like, why are we seeing this right now? Like, like at first I thought she was watching the other two. Yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. weird and creepy, and I was like, uh, okay, that's <laughs> kind of new in the direction I didn't expect this to go. And then it showed the other two in a different place, and you were like, oh. Yeah, okay, I had well, I had a moment before so that, that reveal where I was like, okay, maybe they're just showing like she, her husband is still like James Badgedale was not killed yet, but he was out of jail, I think. So maybe they're just showing that, hey, regardless, like she was serious about moving on, and hey, her sex life is a part of that, etc. So they're just kind of illustrating that in in a way. But yeah, I think the reveal of their relationship like didn't I didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, it didn't matter. I found myself uh, uh, feeling bad for, I guess, his partner who would have been involved. Like, was he going to know that his partner was going to be killed? I thought they framed it as he killed his partner. He did. Yeah, that's what I oh, okay. thought I saw. Yeah, that, they, they that revealed whole... that later. Like, James Badgedale's character did not kill him. That I was think, Common th that killed him. It was. Okay. They framed I, I, it originally like James Badgedale killed him. I, th I figured somebody did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but from from the mob side. But um, I guess I get that now. That w when they reviewed that part of it, that um, that went over my head. Yeah, that whole thing just. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll wrap that one up. Uh, Ian, you got good last one of the last two soundtrack or special effect explosions. What do you want? Special effects and explosions. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Zero out of ten. Zero explosions. <laughs> That's my time. Short and sweet. I figured that was going to be the discussion yield the, there. Yield the rest of my time. I mean, I don't think there's I, really much to add here either. Like, there's no explosions. There's not anything, like, special effect-y, I feel I like. Don't know. I, I, the costumes I, look good. I, I felt that the uh, them, uh, I don't know what you call era rising, the, the movie was good. Like, it looked like it was in the 70s, late 70s. Okay. Um, so I, I would yeah. consider that special effects, like the cars and the, the clothing and the music. Um, production design which would be soundtrack but uh the one thing i did <laughs> like about the special effects i liked the sounds of the guns hitting people and also like when they're chopping up the bodies and whatnot the blood <laughs> splatter splorch <laughs> yeah the blood splatter was actually really good the splorch yeah it's a comic that's, book that's so definitely it's the like, like you know. special effects like the gunshots yeah. Oh, and the dumpster splatter. full of, or the the dump truck of human remains. That was that yeah. was great. That yeah. that was oh, good. That yeah, was, the bath, that was the that wasn't human remains. That was like butcher shop remains. They wouldn't be dumping human body parts right there in the middle of the street and in trash bags. Pretty, pretty if sure. it was Gabriel, it would have been. If it was Gabriel, it would have been. But that that was just butcher shop remains. <laughs> Let's not. I I could have sworn I saw wasn't some that dark and shit in there. I I was, no, it was all I, cut I, up. I thought pieces. it was actually. Yeah, I thought it was human i think um, i i talked myself out of it being that from a story perspective just because uh, uh, that's evidence right but they've yeah, already made point like, that they don't give a shit they're gonna leave a loaded gun in the middle of a street after shooting someone point blank and leave it there no i don't think hey, they're concerned about it he wiped, they wiped, his, wiped, he, the he wiped it off with his with his shirt i guess i mean still you you can't dump a, 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 a dump truck full of body parts and be like <laughs> Wasn't us. I thought that was just the balls of the movie. <laughs> like, like we can't... don't give a fuck. This is what we're gonna do. That's intimidation like, I... tactics. 
Like that's when it was way just too much. One like bag, one... maybe it could have been a body, but when it's all the bags are bleeding, <laughs> you got to go yeah. find that many people to kill. First of all, <laughs> like they didn't just like have these bodies like ready to go. They had to go find reasons to kill ten people. I mean, that had ten? to be from the butcher shop. They, 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 hit they were probably all ten people working on whatever thirty-two story building he had going. So. Yeah, I figured it was a way of like, hey, you got protection. Well, your protection's dead now, and here are their body parts. That's what I. Well, that's it a, as. but they established the protection never no. showed up because if they would have killed those guys from Brooklyn, this would have been a different movie. Okay. I, I know mob movies Fair aren't point. necessarily your thing. Correct. Yes, <laughs> this is definitely out of my wheelhouse. It, 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 this, <laughs> this was more of a, a message <laughs> of we can make your life absolute hell. If you don't do what we want you to do, right, okay. it's a common thing that happens. Like in the Sopranos, the one time there's an episode where Tony's trying to get a, a, a like a lawyer to go to his side. So what does he do? He parks his boat out in like he it, it, near the guy's house in the water, anchors his boat and blares the music from the boat out in the water 24 hours a day just to send a message to the guy like you can't fuck with me. Yeah. That's all that was. Was it was a message. It wasn't. We're actually killing people and dumping their okay. bodies here. Yeah. See, I'm. It's out of my wheelhouse. So I immediately go worst case scenario. What would be the worst thing to come out of the dump truck? Human remains. Check. Got it. <laughs> That's. It's the horse head in the bed from God. Right. <laughs> it's not a real person. It's. It's okay. Horses aren't people. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it still sends the message. All right. Uh, six minutes on the clock. Anything else for special effects explosions? Um, I'll second. I think. Oh, go ahead. I, I was. You're gonna say you're gonna second it. I. I think probably the same thing we're gonna say is it looked good for a movie that was supposed to be 1978. It looked like 1978. It felt like 1978. I don't know. I it got more of a 79 vibe from it personally. <laughs> well, part of it probably took place in 79 actually because it was 16 months after they were imprisoned in 1978. Oh, good point. They get out of prison so. If it did feel that way, part of it feeling like 79 seems correct. Yeah, but the so. beginning parts felt like 79. That's a strange uh, part yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell by the, tail, the, the taillights on the Nova. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, I, I think they did all right in that respect. But there's not a whole lot going on in terms of that. Although, special effects-wise, I would say that uh, the old lady um, that Ian mentioned with the 10 different heads on was horrible. It looked bad. <laughs> so for every point they get for it looking good for the era, they that alone was bad. It looked bad. The weirdest part, and though, was like you away. could still tell it was Margot Martindale. Like that was what was really yeah. crazy about it. It was almost like a good job. Well, it's like you put you all that see that stuff on a person eyes. and you're like, holy shit, that's still Margot. <laughs> I mean, you can see that in somebody's eyes, though. Like you can still like see through things to see people. That's like it's like if it's like the elephant man, like you still know who that was. Yeah. I know the guy's name, but I don't John like, Hurt. know anything else about the person. So uh it could have been him for real. Like I I don't know. Did he actually look like that? <laughs> Did we get everybody in for special effects? I can't remember if we touched on everybody. Andy, we you, uh, we started with you, right, didn't we? Uh, we didn't start with me. I did, but I did mention I, I like the, my the blood, okay. the blood splatter. Right. I enjoyed in the in the gun sound effects, hitting and firing. Okay. Uh, all right. So we'll we'll quit that one. We're, last one we got up is soundtrack. Uh, Andy, you you were 
all over the place with your your song titles in your summary. So let's start with you for soundtrack. What'd you think? Uh, they used very recognizable uh, hits from the seventies that are, are all enjoyable songs. Um, I don't know. I I I, I even enjoyed sort of the. Uh, orchestrated parts of it i guess i enjoyed those parts as well as as the um commercialized songs that were in it i have a hard time like like, paying attention to like uh orchestrated like uh the the instrumental soundtrack to it when they put a bunch of licensed song in it my attention goes to all the licensed songs and then i have a hard time picking up on all the other like music that they play in the background so i didn't even i really didn't even pay attention to the orchestrated stuff what did you think of the? I mean, all the '70s and... stuff was great. Yeah, they they had a really like good the... song song selection for that era for this movie. Okay. Yes, I agree. So, I'll say a couple things. One, I like the song selection, but I feel like some of them were just out of place, and others were in used very well. Um, I'd like to discuss with them the meaning of the song "The Chain." And how it was not used, like, it felt like they were trying to convey a message in some way from it, in their usage of it, and it just felt way off both times, um, and where it doesn't fit this story at all. Did they use it twice? You Um, said both times. They use it in the film, and they use it, like, as the theme. Okay, okay. Like, during the, in the credits, like, the main credit song. Um, but the rest of it, it, like, it... Some of them felt a little out of place for when they were used, but for the most part, they were, again, good song selection. I enjoyed the songs, um, and yeah, some fit better than others, I think. Gotcha. Uh, Josh, soundtrack? Yeah, I honestly, I loved it. Um, it, it I, I, don't, I don't particularly think that any selection was like ham handed um or put in a spot like there were some that fit the mood very well and like correlated very well but it wasn't like knock you over the head with the same like basic idea just because of the title or, or anything um i think the the a lot of the stuff that they picked also wasn't um there were only a few a few one or two instances like I, I, and I forget if there was an actual like pop song or if it was just an instrumentation used, for instance, in the like, hey, we're going out to kill everybody montages or the Gabriel chases the pimp down on the street scene. Um, they didn't go heavy on like late 70s rock to like fall back on trying to keep the audience like at a pumped adrenaline level, you know, with, with guitars and drums. Um, a lot of what it was, it felt like just like a notch down there where it's like that middle of the road rock selection, um, or, or soul selection. Um, you know, the, the stuff they picked it, I felt it was very, very well used. I, I enjoyed that part of the film quite a bit. Okay. Uh, Ian? So I didn't recognize a single song played in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I obviously knew there were like licensed commercial songs because those had lyrics in them. 
like they had vocals, but I didn't recognize a single one of them. So it, I didn't. Only reason I got like Andy's bit at the beginning was because like the one about it being a man's world was very on the nose at the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> I was I was wondering if they took if they got Zack Snyder's help for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I it, the songs were fine. I you know they didn't convey any message to me because I didn't know them ahead of time to know what the songs are about. So I was just kind of in the moment grooving to music usually, and they worked fine. The one part that wasn't licensed music, but it was uh, sound in general, was when Melissa McCarthy gets the phone call from the that the Dawn in uh, Brooklyn about her kids. Like that like intense like heartbeat beat, beat was like a horror movie kind of beat. I really liked that part. It like made me feel like stressed out more than I would have been if they didn't have that. Like I went from, okay, I didn't really care what her kids were up to because (laughs) it didn't matter to me if they were alive or dead because it would advance the story either way. Like I didn't care about her kids. Like, you know, don't give a fuck. So (laughs) that made it, that gave it an actual impact that actually, you know, drew someone who no longer, who never cared about them kids, fuck them kids (laughs) about them. Like made me care about that moment though, at least. So I thought that was a very good, you know, they did that part. Well, fair. Uh, any final thoughts for soundtrack? Uh, the use of Barracuda would be the one I would say was very fun. I remember hearing it. I don't remember when it was used. It was kind of random, but it was like <laughs> right when they were starting to like come up in power. Okay. Yeah. You know, and like showing like, oh yeah, they're gonna, yeah. It was like, all right, I, I like Barracuda. This kind of fits what's going on right now, but you know, Fair. Again, a little on the nose, but also good. On the nose in a good kind of way. Yeah. I would um, say this is a a soundtrack that if I can, if I happen to come across it, um, like for cheap or or something, like it's a good mix, and it's something like this particular mix of songs is something I wouldn't ever mind, like putting on in the car or for right. a trip or just I, background music in the house. I can tell you why. It's From about half Guardians of the Galaxy. <clears throat> I'm like, it's about half Guardians of the Galaxy songs, same songs that James Gunn. Used I was actually going to bring that up for for Ian because I know you've seen the Where? first Guardians of the Galaxy, right, Ian? Oh, I have. So, how do you feel about that soundtrack? You just over your head, don't care. I liked um, Cherry Bomb. I liked the Pina Colada song, but it's songs you've heard before, right? They're not all new to you, as this one was. Um, I honestly can't remember other songs that were in the original <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy other than those two. So maybe other might have been uh, other than the chain being used in Volume Two. Is there anything on this that is also in either Guardians movie? Uh, wasn't the Kansas song in both in Guardians? Wayward Son. I don't, Wayward believe, song? So. Uh, I don't believe song. Oh, I've heard that song, but I didn't even notice it played in this. That <laughs> was in this movie. Yeah. Didn't hear it. <laughs> Honestly, me neither. I think Andy had that in his summary. Did I, yeah. did I get but that? I, I heard him say story. that, but I don't remember them playing Wayward Son in this movie. <laughs> it was there. It was. I think that's actually the song that plays when he kills the guy on the street. Uh, like, just, like, the guy running away from him. And he, like, when Gabriel does that, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the mm-hmm. we talked about. I think that's the song playing right I guess then. the version I've heard the most of that is the Guar version, so it probably just you know, didn't <laughs> sound right to me. <laughs> Guar rules. Well, yeah. Those would sound different. Uh, all right, so 
we usually, I don't even know if it's worth doing for a movie that's two years old, but uh, at this point we usually ask, like, what do you think? Does this movie hold up or or, or not? Well, we've done this for every single one of them that we've already <laughs> had that was 2018 or 2019, so we might as well. Yeah. So, around the horn, does this hold up? Nothing changed. So, so is that a yes or no? <laughs> yes, okay. I guess. It, it didn't get worse. Fair. <laughs> Andy? Uh, yeah, it holds up. Uh, Mike? Not in the least. <laughs> um, it, it, like it, To me, if you're saying, does it hold up? When it's a newer movie, I'm saying, does it hold up in its own genre? And that genre is a mob movie. Does it hold up as a mob movie? In 2019. Do I think it's better than The Irishman? No. Yes. <laughs> Not even close. It, they're completely, like, it's so crazy how different they are. Like, how one's good and one's bad. And that's The Irishman. I agree on that part. But it's a, <laughs> it's it's a, a four and a half bad. hour snooze fest. Disagree, but okay. We can agree to disagree on that. My point is, does it hold up as a mob movie? No. In my opinion, that's my no. It does not hold up as a mob movie. I can't look at because it's two year, like less than two years old. Does it hold up? Yeah, I think is a silly question. But does it hold up in its own genre? I think is the way I would answer. That. Okay, uh, Josh. I guess well enough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I guess leaning more towards Mike. Like it's, it's hard to judge a movie two years old whether it holds up or not. I mean, sure, kind of, but as far as a mob movie, I really don't care one way or the other, honestly. <laughs> but you would say that about any mob movie we were reviewing. True. Very true. It's just it's it's just not in my wheelhouse. Um, So I'm going to re- re- revisit the Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic's rating before we get to ours. So Rotten Tomatoes ratings again. Critic, 24%. Audience, 69%. Uh <laughs> Metacritic is it Metascore 35, user score 4.1. So do you agree, disagree with those scores, and what is your score out of 10? We'll start with Josh. Yeah, I guess so, probably. Um, not wildly off. I don't think anybody... I don't know. I mean, other other people's scores, it's like, uh, they felt how they felt. Um, I'm not going to ask about any other thing that i've rated to try to <laughs> compare or get your or whatever. scale I'm gonna yeah i'm just gonna go with with how i feel about this um also also while saying that it's highly unlikely that i'd probably ever watch this again just by like i don't think i'd have the desire like yeah. I would never come up like you know I haven't seen the I haven't watched the kitchen in like eight years I remember that let me throw it on again I probably won't ever. Um, I feel like that's common for mob movies honestly. There's very few of them that are rewatchable because once you've seen it they're usually very heavy you know. Yeah that's true too. Um, I think so the only one I rewatch is The Departed. Um, so I'm gonna give this a four. Okay. Uh, Andy. Um. I actually enjoyed it more, I think, than I thought I would have. I I think uh, real quick for the record, I feel like Andy is our is our most positive reviewer out of everything uh, we've done. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's yeah. fair. I think it's probably fair to say. Um, Turtles really hurts my average. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the. 
uh, user scores are low in my opinion. Uh, I would more lean towards the the sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, do it. Uh, give it a six point nine. <laughs> I'll lean right into it. Um, I'm gonna give it only if it's six point nine four two one. I'm gonna give it a, a straight six. Okay. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you got? Agree, disagree with the ratings? What's your rating? Oh, they're all way too high. <laughs> um, personally, I I come down extremely hard on this one because I I watch mob movies. I love mob movies and there's so much about this that is just a complete failure in terms of what it was trying to be and what it absolutely comes nowhere near being for me personally um my my rating I'm sticking with what I wrote down when I did the watch earlier today uh 0.75 <laughs> I was going to go around and say do you think it's be- like below or above 1 <laughs> Well, I I spoiled your opportunity. Yeah, zero point. I really didn't think you'd go below one, so I'm a little bit surprised. But <laughs> I didn't want to go zero because I enjoyed the soundtrack. Um, the the songs are good. Yeah, it had good songs in it, so it can have three quarters of a point. Uh, Ian, where are you at? Uh, this movie is better than Turtles. Just right <laughs> off the bat, throwing that out there. Second of all, I I think going in, um, there was a lot of negative talk amongst the reviewers here about this movie that I think gave some of us even lower expectations than we were expecting. So when the movie was an absolute garbage, it was came off. Wow, this is not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I was dreading watching this. I was too. Yes, I agree. (laughs) And I I think I, I think it's absurd to give this a lower score than Bloodshot. I think that is absurd. I think that is an Disagree. awful movie. I know you Very do. I'm looking at the scores. <laughs> and so I'm going to give this because I, I thought it was a fine movie. It's a five. It's just average. It's like Cowboys and Aliens. It's Yeah, I watched it. It didn't kill me. I'm not going to watch it again. It did its job. It it, it did. Fair. Uh, yeah, sort of like echoing what Ian said, We I think we can pretty much all of us, I think we're dreading watching this. This is This is a movie that like when it hit the wheel, we all kind of forgot that this was a possibility. Like, I feel like this is one of the the movies we talked about, like when we, when we made our list, like, is there anything we want to cut? And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I have no desire to watch this. Maybe we should cut it. But in the interest of covering all of our bases, I was like, no, like I'm going to, we're going to leave it on there. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking we won't get to it for five years. So it's going to be fine. <laughs> and here we are like 15 episodes in that we're talking about this already. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think, I think, as as objectively as a movie, it's fine. It doesn't. I don't feel like do anything terrible. It doesn't do anything really great or memorable. I probably will not rewatch this again either. Um, but just from a personal bias for me, it's not really in my wheelhouse at all. So even, just even some of the actresses involved, I don't just I don't seek out their stuff. I just I don't care. Um, so I'm I probably would rate it around a five, like middle of the road, like Ian. But just personal bias that I don't care. I'm gonna give it a three. Two points for that? Yeah. Damn. Harsh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm curious if I did rate it higher or lower than Bloodshot, because I don't remember what I gave Bloodshot. Lower. Okay. That's fair, because I probably would How watch... much lower? Yeah. Much uh, lower? Half a point. Half a point. Okay. Wait, were we the same score on Bloodshot? You were 2.5. Okay. <laughs> so I gave it a 3.5. Correct. Okay. Okay. 
I'm glad Ian's keeping track because I don't remember shit that I did yesterday. Oh, I know I just brought my average way down. <laughs> well, you you prefaced that. Well, we I knew mean, that was coming. Isn't very high to begin with. <laughs> yeah, my average is not very high because I'm I'm much more critical. But you'll you'll notice when something is good, I do give it that worthy score, like Watchmen. I don't know because you gave TMNT almost a nine. So <laughs> Ian's very very bitter about these turtles reviews. <laughs> Can't wait till we get to Turtles 3, and then he's giving it a 10, and we're all giving it a 4. All right, so that concludes our discussion for The Kitchen. So at this point, we will go to The Wheel of Fate to pick our The Wheel of Fate! Uh, So as I mentioned earlier, we're going to change the wheel up a bit. We're going to try three franchises this time with three standalone movies. Um, So again, the idea has been with The Wheel to try to keep a variety going between standalones and franchises. Um, franchises seem like we're weighted a little bit heavy as far as movies in franchises to cover. Uh, so we're just trying to even it out a little bit, see if we can cover a little bit more ground. Uh, if we need to retool again, we'll, we'll revisit that somewhere down the line. We'll see how this rolls for a couple weeks. So our three standalone movies that carried over, we have Valerian in the city of South of a thousand planets, Supergirl and Speed Racer. The franchises that carry over, we are still have turtles on the board. And Ghost Rider is our newest addition for a franchise. Uh, no. Well, sorry. No. Yes. For, yeah, before well, prior that. Prior to today. Prior, prior okay. to today, yeah. Uh, with The Kitchen out, we replaced with another franchise. Our latest franchise on the wheel is Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I think once we finish that franchise, I'm sure we'll lose Ian because, let's face it, that's the only reason he stuck around this long is to cover those <laughs> movies. That's actually true. <laughs> that's not a joke. Um, all right, so for these guys, I have to show them the wheel. I'm gonna go Valerian. I yeah, I've been waiting for Valerian for a long time because I know Brian. Has I still not have yet not seen it, it, so. And I just wanted to I, never I, I, get like, picked. I, I want it to be the last movie, first <laughs> on, last off. Uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, I want it. I want to review it. I want to talk about it. I, I would and go I, for that I one. We got that opportunity. I, I really think Speed Racer is underrated, and I really want to hit that one. Okay. I would not mind revisiting that. I think I I would rather have Ghost that Rider, Ghost though, Rider. from Nick Cage. I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I like Ghost Rider. No! Oh, there it is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ninja Turtles 3. <laughs> oh yay! I did he leave? I'm he left. Starting to feel the sniffles for about a moment <laughs> he left. before. <laughs> Ian's gone. Ian's, Ian's gone. <laughs> it's just, oh, he's back. so he's back. close. He's back. I don't know if that was happiness. See, Ian, once we get through the go, the Turtles movies, they're gone at least. No, no. There's still well, there's three like more. We'll have three more after this. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ian, this is the one you're looking forward to, right? I thought you were looking forward to Turtles 3. No, the, the problem is, is how close Ghost in the Shell we were. <laughs> <laughs> it was one off. You are correct. Like I, I was like, we, just Valerian keep going, just keep right going. <laughs> and then it didn't go. And then it's turtles. And then I this give, movie has one of like I the give it a most it gets a famous poorly cut things in movie history. It's a ten. Calling it. <laughs> <laughs> going on record right now. Ten out of ten. Yeah, they don't need to be on now. Well, you've already said that we cannot uh, save your score if you're not on the podcast. That's true. So I'm going to change my kitchen score to 10, I guess. Or 15. <laughs> I'll combine the two. <laughs> yeah, you got you to make up for it. Uh, all right. So, yeah, next next Rewind Theater, we'll be watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 from 1993. So for anyone that wants to watch along, that's what we got on tap. 
that one does not have like a subtitle or anything. It's just no, like, I checked. legitimately Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Turtles in Time was the Super Nintendo game that I think everyone keeps thinking is the title of this movie. Turtles in Time was a Super Nintendo game. Turtles in Time <laughs> is like prime Turtles content. That is like right where you want to be when you're thinking about man, I could go for some turtles. Yep. Whether it's movie or video game, Turtles in Time. Mm. Yes. Turtles 3 is the opposite of that. <laughs> the only time I'm thinking I want turtles is because I'm playing Mario. <laughs> Those are Koopas. But they're turtles, let's let's be honest. They're Koopas. They have a, they have a shell. I'm, I'm with Ian. They're basically turtles. They have a turtle shell, but they're they're not turtles. I'm just being facetious. <laughs> it, just, it, it is what it is. They're whatever. All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, we have concluded the kitchen. Finally, we can rip the Band-Aid off for that one. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us, leave a five-star rating and review, give us a share on social media, be sure to follow or subscribe to the show. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, hopefully and where you can find a podcast, you can find us. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, search Bryguy and his super friends, or go to facebook.com slash Superfriends. You can leave us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, attempt to email us, Superfriends at gmail.com. It works, it's there, it's legit. I won't check it, but it's there. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BG Superfriends that we will see. Uh, also, feel free to follow me on Twitch. I'm Jedi Bry Guy on there. Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, if we ever decide so to do a <laughs> live episode, we will do a live show there. Uh, we'll try to promote that leading up to it, just so you're aware that it's happening. Uh, not sure when it'll happen. You know, whenever we sort of feel like doing it, but uh, we'll keep you posted. And that's it for us. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. The chain keep us together. You won't do the spoiler alert live, but you'll sing for us at the end of the show.